Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our equipping podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with Matt Tatey. Say what's up, man. Yo, yo. And Caleb Mason. Holla at your boy. <laughs> and I'm just going to be honest with you. We're just going to try to get through this. This is this is going to be an adventure. But uh, we're in our series, given a chance to get to know some of the elders, and Matt and Caleb have uh, been on the elder team for quite a while, serving and leading in our church in different ways. And this is a chance to... Uh, get to know these guys a little bit better. So um, you probably know us as the Saturday Night Live of the elder team. I mean, that's probably <laughs> they probably don't know that, but that is true. Okay. So, well, that's what we like to refer to ourselves as. Maybe that's just when we're driving every, by ourselves. Every team needs some comedy relief. It's good. So I I should have definitely not sat across from you guys. I should have sat <laughs> in the same. Do you line. remember we were sitting in my backyard? I don't know how many years ago it had been shooting rabbits. A different time. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we were just having a campfire, and I asked you guys, like, so do you do you think you see yourself as elders? And I, I'll never forget the, the not your answer, the look on your face. It was just like, I know you can't see that in, in a podcast, but the eyes got big, and you just kind of breathed, and then there was this, like, moment of silence. of, And then there was giggling like school children. <laughs> <laughs> Is this sh- ship going down? I mean, that you would ask Matt and I to do that. That's- we'll just circle back to that conversation later. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but it's been a joy to serve with these guys. Um, and I'm excited for you, for the church to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, both of Matt and Caleb, uh, if you're attending Veritas, you've probably seen on stage uh, different times. Matt leading worship, Caleb playing in the band. Um, they got kids in, in student ministries. Uh, they lead connection groups. Um, and they're elders on our team. And we've said kind of in the other podcast, uh, as when Paul started churches, uh, he said, I want to establish uh, elders at every church, qualified men to provide leadership um, and care for the souls of people. And these two guys uh, love the Lord uh, with all their heart, and they love the people of this church, and it's a joy to serve with them. So excited for you to get to know them a little bit better. So let's just start. Uh, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself, family, hobbies, who is the mysterious Matt Tatey? Um, Well, I hail from uh, Rhinebeck, Iowa, which is a town of 2000 up by Cedar Falls, and grew up there in a <clears throat> kind of a non, non-believing non household. Um, loved to hunt and fish with my dad growing up and spent all the weekends doing that. Um, went to college and uh, played some sports in college and, and played baseball up there and um, ended up uh, signing a contract after college, but while while I was while I was at college, it was um, a girl that led me to to Jesus, and I was chasing. So don't don't just like fly by sign a contract. What yeah. what did what did you do? Um, yeah, so uh, when I finished playing college, my junior year, I had a breakout kind of season. Um, my junior year, I went to a pro tryout camp just because my buddy pulled me there. He was pitching at this tryout camp. 
Um, ended up going four for four at this camp with wooden bats and stayed and hit off the best pitchers in the camp and hit two home runs. And I had cards of these baseball players who were professional scouts. And I was like, holy smokes, it's Mitch Webster from the Dodgers, you know. And <laughs> and uh, Mitch Webster came over and basically my number was 12. And he says, 12, you had yourself a heck of a day. And I was like, whoa. And my college coach called me when I got home and says, what the heck did you do today? <laughs> and I was like, I, I just went to a camp with Shane, you know, I mean, <laughs> and um that whole next season, there was a ton of of, uh, of scouts that came to our games, and they'd, um, for the most part, walk right on the field during batting practice, hand me a wooden bat, and have me take batting yeah. practice with wooden bats. And then I, um, as soon as the season was finished, I signed a, a contract with the Montreal Expos and played three seasons with them. Yeah. Trader. So, to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only once. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah, did that. And um, – and while I was training back at, at college, I met my wife, Jess, and um, she happened to work in the bookstore, and I f- figured I probably needed lots of paper clips over and <laughs> when over. When did and, you ever go to the bookstore? Um, I, I needed office supplies, <laughs> and I needed them frequently after that, so I went back and visited frequently, and she invited me to uh, um, cover prayer breakfast and to pray for the coaches and everybody on campus, and I... It was at 6.30 in the morning, which I was not an early riser. And I, I was, in my head, I go, 6.30? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and uh, and then Jess and I, you know, from that point, really started a relationship and, and uh, got married at that point um, a couple years later, um, engaged a year later, and then married two years later. So, so tell us about your family. Yeah. Um, so three kids. Maddox is oldest. He's 14. Um, learning how to drive. Uh, and so that's interesting <laughs> um as, as, Are you as it is for all parents providing instructions for that uh jess does a really great job she'll take him around town and um he prefers to drive with mom um but uh i've tried consciously to be super patient with him in the vehicle <laughs> but also realize any one wrong move could kill all of us you know oh, so yeah johnny yeah. was learning to drive and she also preferred to drive with mom and i yeah. was like well, we're going over to the parking lot like let's just do this I came out, I was like, I, how bad can this person, do you never drive a go-kart anywhere? Did I fail <laughs> as a parent? Four-wheeler, something. I mean, yeah, I think there's that. Uh, and then Jace is 12 um, and Brooks is 10. Um, and so it's really fun to coach. I, usually, I coach all of those kids. I'm an educator at Mount Vernon High School. Um, so I'm an assistant principal and activities director. So I spend a lot of my evenings at uh, just activities and getting to know kids and supporting them and our coaches. And then um, coach uh, my younger kids on the side a little bit as well. So um, hobbies, yeah. Uh, hunting, fishing, uh, the boundary waters, uh, uh, woodworking. And that's right. You guys are guitar. business partners. Yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. Let's yes. get to the enigma that is Caleb Mason. Enigma? Wow. Don't ask me to define it. I won't. <laughs> um, it's probably a mysterious word. <laughs> Since Matt's... Is that for, like... What that was a I pun say? intended, sorry. What did I say on a Sunday? Uh, I mispronounce I mispronounce words all the time. Yeah. Mysterious. Wait, but, I don't know. Can I you mean, say wolf? Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> what is the other? And milk. 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 M E L K. Yes. Got it's it. Mil- it's not milk. It's <laughs> milk. <laughs> All right. So, since Matt started off by saying he hails from a place, you don't hear people say that. I, I hail from Baldwin City, Kansas. Uh, so, yeah, Kansas kid grew up. How, how big is Baldwin City? I was looking the other day. I think it's around 5,000 people. So, a- much larger than Rhinebeck. 
Yes. I mean, you're getting into Huge. a metropolis. But he's now. well known by the judge of Baldwin City as well. So <laughs> oh, we're going to get into some stories. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So grew up in, in Baldwin City. Um, I went to a small private school, uh, played sports, played football, and a couple years of baseball. Um, as a part of, so it was a private Christian school. Um, during the summer, my, after my freshman year, I traveled around with like a band. We'd go to different camps all over the Midwest. What was the name of your band? I can't even remember. Um, That's the name of the band. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> Crosswise. It's called Crosswise. Cro- uh. Yeah. Tell us you're a Christian band without telling us you're a Christian <laughs> <Exactly>. band. <laughs> yep. You can imagine the logo. <laughs> Probably had a cross. So you traveled uh, around with it. Yeah. Like, so we were all, we were like Colorado. playing summer camps or what? Yep. So a lot of times we'd be counselors and then we'd do like the worship for the week. And uh, we were, you know, from Oklahoma all the way up to North Dakota, everywhere in between Colorado. And uh, did you, in, were you like living out of a van, like touring? By the river. <laughs> uh, pretty much. I mean, yeah. we'd, we'd go to these camps, roll in, and we'd have, you know, we'd be pulling a trailer in a 15 passenger van and, you, there was usually like, I'll call it an adult sponsor because we're all, you know, sort of freshmen, sophomores. It was my college. older brother who was a junior. <laughs> Life on the we road. We had a quote unquote sponsor that went with us to keep us in line. And uh, so that's where I met Erica. She was at a camp in North, Crystal Springs, North Dakota. And she was with a, a, a youth group there as a sponsor. And, uh, we we fell in love telling each other quotes from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the tide that binds there. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah we were both at the same camp, and she was actually talking to two guys. I was one of two guys that she was kind of. So you were in the running, with. but who? What You're was the saying band? There's I a was chance. In the top two. He was in, he was in a band though, wasn't he? He was in a band, a real band. Which a one? Re- a real band. <laughs> <laughs> Which band was it? Well, they at the time I can't remember what their name was. It was like. Um, they were called Seven Places, but he ended up in another band called Cutlass. Okay, so, so we've heard of that. Yeah, one. we've heard of that. One. I've heard of Cutlass. I've never heard of Crosswise before. No, but so the know, fact that, is... that you won from somebody who is actually successful in the music world—that's saying something about your game. Crosswise is better than Cutlass. I, we know that's that. How, that's how that's I what we it. can deduce okay. from this story. Yeah. All right, yes. <laughs> let's roll with it. Yeah. So. We met, sparks flew, motions ran high. She actually <laughs> talked to me. Some people will pick up on that. That is a quote from Dumb and Dumb. <laughs> um, so we just started long distance dating. And, and back in those days, like, I don't know if we were using calling cards. I oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, that. yeah. I remember getting, I, we were, I was living in Phoenix, Mars was in Ames getting in like an argument on the phone and my phone card ran out and I was like, I think I had to like go to a pay phone to yeah, finish so that conversation. That's it. Every dater's nightmare right Ta- there. Tell us you're you in a serious relationship in the 19 or sorry, in 2000 without telling us you're in a really serious relationship. Yeah. I, we bought phone calling cards. cards. Yeah. We had phone cards. Yeah. yeah that's good. I think later on I ended up getting a cell phone, but I couldn't use it in town. I had to drive outside <laughs> the town, like out in this area, like, just to get reception on top of the hill. Yeah. So we did long distance dated. Um, we ended up getting married before my junior year and we lived off campus. Um, she had 
graduated a little bit earlier. She's a little bit older than I am. So I married an older woman. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah. You're sponsor. <laughs> Wait, was she your sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. All right. Then what? <laughs> so, yeah, then we got married. And then um, she ended up going back to school. Uh, her She went to University of North Dakota. So we moved up there and um for a couple years and then you know after she finished that degree we were kind of looking for a place to land my family's back in kansas hers is up in minneapolis st paul at this point in time and so obviously we picked cedar rapids right in the middle it's just right in the middle uh, and uh we've been here ever since what's your family dynamic with kids tell us about your children four kids uh three boys and the youngest is a girl cole Cade, kyle and ainsley um, 12, nine, seven, and four. Um, I work, I work for the city of Cedar Rapids. Uh, I've actually worked there since we moved to, uh, moved here in 2008. So a little over 15 years. Nice. How long have you guys been at Veritas? We, we were at New Covenant. So we met originally, Jess and Erica, um, knew each other from school, um, back in the day and high school. I think they went to the same youth group or something. And then so mm-hmm. Jess learned that Erica had moved into the area through a common friend. We met out at uh, Paytlow, right? Yeah. And uh, just had, didn't necessarily, just kind of hung out there, had a little picnic or something like that, played catch and, and uh, did a little fishing or something. I can't remember what it was. But then from that point on, we invited him to our our Bible study, I guess, we were having with our friends. And we went to New Covenant um, on the north side of town. And um, from there, Caleb... Your brother-in-law, right? Tony was yep. going. Uh, Tony yep. was originally part of the original plant, I believe, or actually he was driving going. down to Iowa City. <clears throat> yeah, and then he came to Cedar Rapids. Caleb, uh, <clears throat> the order of events there. Caleb had um, decided he was they were going to go check it out and go go to Veritas, and then literally within a couple of weeks, we had just moved to Mount Vernon, so driving way north anyway. And uh, I'm, I think we were a couple of weeks after you, I'm assuming, or, yeah. or I can't remember what it was, but we were it was a chrome horse for us and. Um, but that was way back in the day. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of the OGs yeah. around here. Not as OG as, as Scott, but <laughs> no, uh, he's in multiple he's ways. Triple OG. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how long have you guys been serving as elders? Um, I think since you got here. Yeah. yeah. How, is that what seven, eight years? Eight years? Nine. Nine. Yeah. So a year into that, and then you kind of. Pulled from yeah, uh, it feels like yeah five or six. It kind of flies <laughs> when you That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think on the elder team, I think uh, Jake had asked us about eldership, and I was like, "Am I gonna be? Am I ready for this? What's this look like?" And I remember having that conversation. Well, you need with, a sponsor, but I'm trying to be serious at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the, you know, read through the qualifications and started going through that sort of thing, and I'm pretty um, reflective when it comes to lots of those things, and. I said, well, I don't do, I do some of these well. I don't do all of them well. I struggle maybe in this area. And, and I remember you said, like, if you're, uh, if you're struggling with these, welcome to the fold. If uh, you were perfect at all of them, I wouldn't have asked you or, you know, along those lines. And, um, and I remember uh, Caleb and I had a mentor, uh, Kim Pagel, who was just instrumental in our lives, uh, especially when we were having young boys. He had four boys himself. And um, he, he took time and met with us every, every, morning, or every mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, right? Mm-hmm. And we'd just go meet on Wednesday at Perkins and buy breakfast. And we'd go through a book, and um, or we'd just sit and talk about either marriage or raising kids. And he would 
um, really pour into us. And at some point, he, I remember he just challenged us and said, you guys are going to be elders someday, and mm-hmm. you, need, you need to be ready for, for eldership at some point in leading a church. And That's awesome. And uh, I just remember that um, conversation. Yeah. So you guys um, <clears throat> have some adventures together as far as you're both into hunting mm-hmm. um, and do that often. But you, when you guys go out, one of you is holding a camera. So tell us like what uh, an outreach outdoors or you film. Yeah, the original outreach outdoors uh, started actually with Matt Hofert, who's now part of our staff as well. Another guy named Matt Strayer and then Matt Tatey, myself. So the three Matts and uh, met around a campfire at, at Matt Strayer's house in Cedar Falls and basically came up with the name outreach outdoors um, and then um, started soliciting a filming team for fun and then there was like six years of dvds in there which was like released and everything and um, the iowa deer classic and having shows in a booth and selling gear and super fun and then kids came along and killed all that so um, (laughs) (laughs) actually when we met caleb i told him you know we had i was filming with somebody else and that person um wanted to be kind of done filming which is which was fine and caleb um was a I think excited at the time to come on board and <laughs> hop in a tree. And so we will spend up to eight, 10 hours together in a tree and, um, and on a November, uh, Saturday morning or Saturday. So, and then you guys build furniture or tables. Yeah. But tell us about your woodworking. I think that was a, a plan that we hatched in a tree stand. I think in the probably most of our bad ideas come out of a tree stand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the place that we hunt, um, this guy, it's a you know a certified tree farm, so he selectively harvests wood, and he had you know harvested a piece of wood, a mulberry tree, I think, and we saw it in the barn and just said, hey, can we go make something with it and sort of test the market to see if people would buy what we made. Well, I think you, when you when you test the Holy Spirit on these things or just test the you know what's going on around you, like Caleb meant this is COVID, right? So we're looking for something to do, kind of, and we're to stay busy, and we're hunting, and um, Caleb says, hey, what do you think about getting into Live Edge? I'm like, what's that? You know, and uh, so he, he basically, I can do the marketing aspect of it. We come up with this plan. I can do the marketing. He can show me how to do other things. He can build, and we can, I can finish things, you know, and, and then I said, hey, I saw a tree in Jerry's barn, and so then we looked at it. I called Jerry. And next thing you know, we got a mulberry tree, and he gives this to us, and we're third, third, third on this, just to say, hey, let's test it and see what happens. And Caleb builds a couple console tables, a coffee table, and we build a big table, a big dining table, which happens to be one of the more, the prettiest tables we've built, you know. I mean, not by our doing, but God's doing, just revealing it with sandpaper, you know. Um, but it's and we, that sold right away. Um, all of those things, for the most part, sold, and paid Jerry his third and Caleb like, well, what do we think? And then we found another tree available and I paid to have it milled up and went about $6,000 in the hole that, uh, to do all these things <laughs> and with all of our gear. And then we made that back and right away. And it was super fun since, you know, nice. All right, let's get into some deep, serious questions. I'm gonna go fast. Um, favorite movie. I got three. Uh, Gladiator. Dang it. <laughs> well, you can say the same. Okay, Gladiator. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that about you, Caleb. Jeez. I mean, I don't have the sword and helmet for Gladiator in my I'm man I, cave I'm like Mike. other people do. Um, favorite food? Mexican. Ribs. Best place to go out to eat in Cedar Rapids? 
Luckies. Pancakes are amazing. Black sheep. I knew you were gonna say that. Duck fat fries are pretty good. Yeah, the walleye bites are pretty good there. I, pretty the Captain Crunch walleye bites. Yeah, I could eat that right now. I could. That is, and it's like it six makes me think morning. about the Boundary Waters. Yes. Mm. <laughs> All right, favorite vacation or dream vacation? Alaska. Alaska or uh, New Zealand? On a hunt? Uh, yeah, like red stag and, and trout fishing, fly fishing. It does. I, I would say just family there. Yeah. Because my wife's probably going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's true, Caleb. And it's also true. Yeah. Um, tell us about how you came to faith in Christ. Um, I was chasing a lot of things in college, and there was a um, there was a girl, um, and I was interested in her. And in short, I had it was homecoming day, and God had ordained for it to be cold and rainy. But we started drinking at eight a.m. and then realized we were going to continue that with the baseball team through the parade, uh, up into the game. And um, I remember. It started. It was raining, so we there was no parade. Drinking stopped, and um, she had said, "Hey, I'm going to the thing called the main event, put on by the Navigators at University of Northern Iowa, which is 20 minutes away." I said, "Sure, I'll go." I'd been asking questions. I'd been going to the Wednesday night Eucharist, they call it, um, but it's basically like a college ministry um, on Wednesday nights, and asking a lot of questions, singing a lot of song, looking around the whole place, and wondering. There's got to be angels here, is what I said. It was so <laughs> spiritual, you know what I mean, in that moment. And uh, um, and I remember that night I went to the main event, and um, a guy had preached the gospel, and he had named off the traditional, you're probably involved in this and this and this, you know. And I was like, yeah, I'm involved in all those things. And I felt like I was the only one in the room of about a 1,000. And, um, and he says, this is who Jesus is. This is what he did for you, um, and this is what you get. And I was like whoa, how come no one ever told me that, mm. you know? And I'm sure someone had, but the the scales were removed from my eyes in that moment. I remember crying. I remember just, like, sitting there. I was just like, this is, there is no way this is true for me. And praying for the first time, realizing a couple of my teammates were there. Um, and then God just really used us to, you know, pray before games after that point and, and uh, take Sundays, like we took Sunday mornings off to go to church from every once in a while from practices, and which was really unheard of in college. And it was like, that was a big... It's a big deal. I've made a 180 of my life. and So um, did you see, like, radical change right away, or was it kind of a roommate, gradual Yeah, transition? if you asked my roommate, he would have said, like, what what in the world? You know, like, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit, you know? Yeah. My parents had actually called him and said, like, we're worried. Um, worried Matt's going to give away all this money. I'm like, I don't have any money, and it's your money, <laughs> Mom and Dad. So, <laughs> um, But at that point, you know, it's kind of funny, those are the first things you hear from your parents uh, after you, there's a conversion and um, coming to faith, and and as I get older in my life, I'm worried that I won't give enough away, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, And so it's like, uh, not that it's any merit, but just like that it's God's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all His, and so uh, that was, that was really my story, um, 180, and and defining moment, and it's kind of crazy how that shapes a lot of things I do now, or... um, you know, talk to my kids about, you know, because they're being raised in a Christian home um, where you see s- slow sanctification, you know, over the course of time versus me. It was just one moment, one day, hmm. death to life. And yeah. Know, yeah. Tell us about the Caleb before crosswise. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, so I grew up in a Christian home, uh, and I, you know, Matt, you mentioned kind of the slow sanctification that would probably be characteristic of my story. Um, you know, my 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 dad came to faith kind of late later in life when when we were kids or right before they had kids and. So he was just really on fire. My, both my parents were. So we, you know, we grew up in a uh, a very loving church, a Bible believing church. Um, I would say it wasn't until I got to college that like it really kind of became my own, and I was taking initiative to it. You know, uh, surrounded by a bunch of guys on a, on a football team, and you know, some very strong kind of mature believers. I would say that really shaped me, and, and then a. Uh, a coach that really mm-hmm. valued that. So, um, was it a that, Christian school? It was, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, Mennonite Brethren. Uh, Did you have like chapel and? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, of of everybody who went there, what what percentage would you say were Christians? Oof, I don't know. I mean, I know on our football team it was like mixed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was probably half and half kind of on the team. Yeah, Warburg, I mean, there was a Lutheran school, obviously, yeah. but, like, I mean, at the same time, it, I would say, like, 20%, you know, yeah. were yeah. believers. Like, more religious in name only. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but they, you know, it was a, a very Bible-believing uh, school. It's just not everybody there, you know, they would just sort of go through the motions. Yeah. So um, I got involved with, you know, a few, you know, a few guys that were just really, really solid and in, in the coaches. And so that was like very meaningful for me. And that really, uh, my sanctification at that point in time was very accelerated, I would say. So you'd say that growing up, you understood the gospel, you were a follower of Jesus, and then college was just a really strengthening time. Yeah. Your faith. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you guys help provide just oversight to the health, the culture of this church, the direction, um, in that, from that seat uh, on the elder table, like what are you, what are you most thankful for? What are some things you are thankful for uh, when it comes to the Veritas? I love seeing the everyday faithfulness that comes from our people, um, especially in the midst of trials. I remember um, Jake, you had told me one time early on that really had a profound impact on me. Uh, would be when you said something along the lines of like, what's it look like to glorify God in your blank and fill in the blank, right? And so as I started thinking about that and more and more and just seeing how that uh, transpires and just even like people talk about the will of God, what's the will of God, you know, what's the will of God? And oftentimes people think about, should I move here or do this or, you know, all that sort of thing. And it's like, no, what's it look like to glorify Jesus Mm -hmm. in whatever my blank is? And so you can insert the most the worst thing that could happen to someone and the best thing. And what's it look like to glorify God those moments and to see our people take that and do that in the midst of trial, especially, and walking with people through difficult things. I mean, anything from, you know, my connection group, people doing drugs in my kid's bathroom, you know, to... <laughs> true story. Uh, true story, sorry. And, and it, but even just like seeing God's faithfulness in, in that, and, and people glorify God in and through um, difficult circumstances, the spouse, you know, of those, those uh, situations, and just seeing people walk through difficult times with not being treated properly, and then, you know, somebody wanting to leave them, and then seeing faithfulness that, and then seeing faithfulness in their kids, mm. and then seeing faith, I mean, it's just, 
God's hand at work and um, seeing people just say, like, I'm not going to cave to what the world tells me to do. Like, no, I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. So I'm going to do this and leave and treat people like this. This is not what I deserve in life. Like, well, I, uh, the people who stay faithful know what they deserve, mm-hmm. right? And that's hell, right? Yeah. And then when you understand what you've been saved from, then it helps you to stay faithful and through the everyday things that um, that you encounter. And it's just incredible to witness and see. And it's just so glorifying, I believe. And um, and it's contagious. Yeah, It's contagious. And I would say, Matt, you're exemplary in that as far as just boldly representing Jesus in your job, in coaching your kids, mm-hmm. in interacting with your neighbors. Um, and, and I would agree, seeing that in so many people at Veritas, where it's like the the joy so much of the joy of our church is what our people are doing outside of sunday morning Mm -hmm. and what the love of jesus that's expressed on a sunday is just a reflection of like this is these people are living this all week i see that and and just like you think about the song we sing like uh we've um being throned upon the praises of a thousand generations you are worthy you know we've come to join the song sung long before our lives and if Mm -hmm. you think about all those who have gone before us like why are we able to believe? Because Jesus talked to these people who talked to these, you know, and it's yeah. just the lineage of that. And like for us to pass that torch, we we're joining in that same song to tell others about him. And it's like, you know, we can't break that, you know, yeah. I mean, that has to be passed on and to see other people do that and to think about other people when they're courageously sharing in the midst of trials, like that's encouragement and motivation um, through the Holy Spirit to, for us to minister to others. Right. Amen. What about you, Caleb? I would say two things. One is that we sort of unapologetically read the Word, study the Word, we're in the Word, and Mm -hmm. uh, just our devotion to that is is paramount, I I believe. Um, And the second would be that that we sort of lean into the next generation, and maybe it's because I have kids that that's kind of top of mind for me, but the fact that we... um, the fact that we do that, I think, is is very meaningful. I just think about how kids are growing up uh, these days, just different kinds of pressures and, uh, yeah, just the environment that they're growing up in is just so much different. And, you know, looking back on my growing up, like, I f- felt like maybe I would have been ill-equipped mm-hmm. to... Um, you know, thrive or my faith thrive in that environment. So I'm glad that we really lean into equipping, you know, the youth um, to thrive in that, in the culture that we're in. Oh, for sure. So I got my one kid out in college now, one kid just graduating. Um, I know I'm biased. I'm so proud of those two. Um, We got one left who's, a little further behind, she's in sixth grade, just started student ministries. But what I've seen in the first two is it takes a church to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Like their love for the local church, Christian community, other Christian adults that know them and love them and spur them on. Like it just takes a church. So mm-hmm. uh, two, two turned out great. We'll see. The last one. <laughs> hey, we'll see how it turns I'm out. I'm in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you guys look ahead, um, Again, from the same chair as an elder, like uh, hands on the wheel for the direction of our church. What are you most excited about in the next five, ten years? 
I would say um, just watch, continue to watch people stay faithful um, through whatever the world throws at us. You know, um, I, I think that just continuing to watch for those things, stories of God moving in people's lives. I, but I think uh, I've said this probably a couple different times, but being uh, proactively reactive. And so like there's this there's this idea that like, how do we put ourselves in good position um, from a church standpoint, leadership? So whether it's uh, staffing, whether it's finances, or whether it is whatever it is, um, proactively, but yet reactive, reacting to the Holy Spirit in the way that God is moving, and so that we can um, effectively react to what God wants us to do and where God wants us to go and be able to do those things in a, in a faithful manner, right? So um, proactively looking, what, God, what do you want us to do? But we always have to be re- reactive to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea, like five, 10-year planning, it's, it's great. Um, um, but I think like even just looking at this building that we're in, it's a perfect example. We prayed for a year and a half, I believe, for this building and then went and toured it. And it took a, a relationship through, um, you know, one of our elders, obviously, to um, connect us with the owner of this building. And then all of a sudden got a heck of a deal on it. But like, again, that was proactively being reactive to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and then when God moved, we we followed and we were able to do that. And um, I just, it was just it was awesome to to look forward to that, and and not just it's not a building. It's uh, the church isn't a building. It's not a um, things that we're looking to do. It's God moving amongst His people. Yeah. You know, that's the, the church is the people, and so seeing God's faithfulness in ever in the people um, is is incredible. But whether that's us, uh, what when we go plant, where are we going? Yeah. You know, like we're proactively being yeah. reactive to to God's moving. But like that's exciting to for God to go and and to to reach more people and to and that we would. How even considers us, you know, not worthy is the right word, sure. probably, but just, mm-hmm. but just to go and be a part of that and to hop on board with what he's doing, it's just, it's just humbling and mind blowing, and I, that's what I get super excited about: more stories of God moving in His people to do His work for His glory. Yeah, we often say, "What's well, plan in pencil?" Yeah. because uh, it's comforting to know that God has a plan, yeah. and we need to be in step with Him. Uh, to see what he has for us. And whatever he has is going to be better than whatever we think of. Yeah. What about you, Caleb? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, we've talked on the elder elder team as just like <laughs> maintaining that uh, posture of like humility and wanting kind of wisdom from above. And I totally agree with what Matt just said. Like we want to kind of think big and plan out because, you know, if you look at our history – I mean, this is just, God has done amazing things in our church. And so we want to like not limit ourselves with our own kind of worldly, fleshly kind of desires, or on the other side, think that we've done something. Uh, but it's it's kind of keeping that posture of humility and, you know, hands open to see what's God going to do in the next five years. I don't know what that looks like. I'm, my wife would say I'm not a great planner. So... Uh, um, I think just, um, you know, just being open to, to even big things, you know, if that's another plant somewhere, I mean, if you look kind of back, like Urbana just sort of plopped in our lap, uh, an opportunity that we, you know, none of us were really we, thinking We were about. extremely organized and planned. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then now you look back at, you know, kind of how that materialized and, you know, sometimes it's better in that hindsight to see things, but, um, I think just, um, continuing to plot along with, you know, humility, knowing that we, we sing this song, you've done great things. And I think that's just like a posture that, that we should continue to have and pray that kind of God guards our heart in that. 
for yeah, sure. What, one more quick story. I think just that, what are we looking forward to? But Caleb talked about the next generation, which made me think about different things, but there is just an incredible, um, spirit within the youth of our, um, congregation, you know, our, our people. And so like, even in Mount Vernon, just watching that at high school, you know, just watching um, some really bold freshmen girls mm. and, um, and it's just incredible to see them, you know, like inviting people, you know, um, talking to people, even just coming up to me in the hallway and say, Hey, Mr. JD, uh, I was reading this. This is the verse of the day. What, you know, and we talked about the context of the verse of the day in the hallway, you know, and, um, and then just the boldness to invite people over to their houses and have uh, parties on a weekend and, um, and have an invite a speaker over and, and then they, they share the gospel with the kids and they play games, you know, in a, in a environment like that. And then also, um, just watching them, uh, you know, even minister to their their coaches, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like this boldness uh, in the next generation that they've been equipped and the spirit of God has been placed in them, and watching them with with no fear um, share the good news and the hope mm-hmm. which they have and how they've been transformed even at a young age like that is yeah. it's just so incredible. Uh, so mature disciples that are being everyday missionaries, <laughs> yeah, um, and our hearts desires to glorify God. Uh, so. Thankful for these brothers, uh, true brothers. They'll probably be carrying my casket someday. So uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe we made it through that. <laughs> well, it's not over yet. Oh, <laughs> I should land the plane. We should yeah, be done. I good. think every other conversation I want to turn this to, it's like, yeah, we should probably just be done. Uh, but thankful for these guys. Hopefully you got a chance to know them a little bit better. I would encourage you, if you see them on a Sunday, come up and say hi. Uh, I know it could be challenging in a larger church setting, but we want to fight for a family feel. Uh, so come up, introduce yourself. We take serious uh, shepherding our people, praying for our people by name. Uh, so we would love to uh, love for you to get to know these guys a little bit better. Uh, hope this was helpful in that. And uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.